What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. Over the course of the past couple weeks and months, there's been new people reaching out to me on a variety of different topics. And I feel like it was a good time for Aaron and I to kind of think back to where we were, how we got to where we're at and where we're going and kind of tell you a little bit more about ourselves in hopes to connect a little bit more with our audience. Because we are going to be bringing Aaron on the show more this year, we really are looking to build relationships with other people that have similar beliefs and passions and things that they're working on as us, whether that's the trials and tribulations, the challenges, or all the greatness that they are achieving in their own lives. So to kick it off, I feel like the best way to start this is, how did we meet? I don't know, we have the same answer. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, I always get this wrong, which year, how old we were. I think I say- Fifth grade. Okay, it's fifth grade. Uh, yeah, we met through mutual friends in the neighborhood and, and in our classes. My best friend, Brielle, I think you were in Brielle's class, right? Yeah, Mr. Karachi's class. Yeah, and then you obviously lived in the neighborhood behind me growing up and would skateboard with the clan over to my little cul-de-sac neighborhood. And we would hang out. And then we actually technically dated a little bit in sixth grade. <laughs> From your lens, what a day didn't look like. That was just go to the skating rink with you on Fridays. <laughs> Not just with you. Like, it wasn't a solo date. It was, like, <laughs> with friend group. But we would kind of, like, sit near each other and maybe do the couples dance. That no, was a thing. You roller skate. What it looks like visually is they have, like, a couple's roller couple skate song. around their couple's yeah. song. And then you hold hands going around the skating oh, rink. Yeah. Um, I still remember... The like, smell of that uh, pizza, uh, yeah, it was very oily pizza, pizza <laughs> from Holiday Skating Rink. Um, but yeah, what what did hanging out look like back in the day? What did we what did we do? Um, we hung out in the retention basin, <laughs> which you guys were on your skateboards. I think we would just sit and talk. I don't. I mean, we really didn't jump on the trampoline. Jump on, jump on the trampoline. One day we figured out how to get onto the trampoline from the roof. Of your house. That was the most risky thing I've ever done. <laughs> and then... Your mom was not too happy with that. <laughs> no. And then, what else? We, you we guys also would did ride like, bikes. We had like bonfires. We had like bonfires, ride on the peg, peg bikes, uh, things like that. We would that. actually come down the shore. So we're at the shore right now. My mom has a house in Long Beach Island and... One of the things we did every Memorial Day was come down here and sometimes throughout the summer with a group of our friends. So this is 
very nostalgic being here now. How did we communicate? Very different phase of life. How do we communicate? Oh, AOL Instant Messenger. And actually, when I dumped you, um, that's how I she did it. She couldn't even dump me in person. <laughs> but it's over. <laughs> what was your screen name? Squirrely Jr. That was his screen name. Mine was Dancing Babe 09 with no A. <laughs> um, yeah. How did you come up with that screen name? I do not know. Like, I would never call myself Babe, so it's kind of weird <laughs> that I had that. <laughs> it doesn't match you at all. <laughs> I know. Were you with friends when you I came up no with it? I have no idea. I don't know. It's not authentic to Aaron, so good thing yeah, we're not in it's super interesting. I've actually never asked you that question. How did you How did you come up with Squirrel and Junior? Well, so my nickname was Squirrel. So if anybody knows Why? me, I'm five. You're, well, I'm, you're small. I'll tell the story. So okay. I'm I'm five seven, 155 pounds. I'm not a large individual, and. When I was younger, it was even worse. I wasn't even 100 pounds going into high school, very diminutive. And I would get picked on by people until they realized that I wasn't just going to allow it to happen. So our neighborhood friends um, would pick on me at different times. And the, the nickname Squirrel came from one of our friends. I think it was Dan Metalla. I think like we were at the baseball field and... Um, we got in some like argument or whatever and we're all like wrestling and like fighting and whatever. And like, I like cut him and he started bleeding and then they all just started calling me squirrel because like, even though like I was smaller and kind of an easy target, I was not worth the like hassle. So if you're thinking of like the animal world, when a predator is like looking for prey, they're looking for that easy thing that is literally just probably like limp already and just an easy easy kill. Yeah. Versus okay. I was not that. So you didn't want to mess with me uh, because I was going to put up a fight and probably hurt you in some way that you're not expecting. So that's where so the nickname why, why Squirrel came from. We're junior. Because I'm a junior, oh. like Charles Jr. So I feel squirrely, like it had some numbers attached. Squirrely Jr. No, it was just Squirrely Jr. And it was yellow and blue. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Yellow and blue. And like Ugh. really big font. So for anyone, I feel like there might be some listeners who don't actually know what AOL Instant Messenger is. So it's a... It AIM. A, AIM. AIM. What is the difference That's between AOL and AIM? AIM stands for AOL Instant Messenger. Duh. Oh, duh. Um, but it was like a messaging platform. I wouldn't even call it a platform. What was it? Like an inst- it was just instant It was literally messaging. like text messaging. But like, you had to be on your computer. Actually, like I think it was an initial version of like a chat bot. So imagine you're on your laptop right now and you go to a website and you start chatting on a chat bot style. Mm-hmm. But you had to be on your computer because like we didn't have internet on our phones back then. I forget how you added friends. I have no idea. I forget, and we'd have but... like away messages. Like why would we put up away messages? Yeah, so like, I was just going to say. Go and had... eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, you had like profiles. And the thing to do was like put your colors so you would pick colors like mine was like light pink with hot pink font and then when I got more mature it was just like a white background and black text like super official and then your profile would be I don't know I I forget what we'd put in there it would be like your friends or something (laughs) like a list of friends or like quotes I think at one point mine was like song lyrics but it was just a way to like I don't know, see a little express bit yourself. about the person. Yeah, express yeah. yourself. And then the away messages, they had different purposes as well. Like if you were chatting with someone and you needed to step away from the computer, 
you could write like be right back brb and then they would know that you're away and you're not there right now or you could i think i would do like song lyrics sometimes too like very emo <laughs> very cryptic like what that's what i'm thinking what, right now what was there in uh about know. at the time i don't know but about how she had to break up with me over aol no was that like a split second decision or was it like No, that was actually like one of the more about? decisive moments of my life. Like <laughs> if you know me, um a fun fact is that I can't make decisions quickly and I just contemplate a lot, something I've been working on a lot in my personal development space is to just like take action faster and trust my gut and everything. So I, I want to give you some credit here. Like, it's not that you can't make quick decisions. Is that like you like to have a lot of information before you make a decision? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'd like to be well informed to make the best decision possible, and sometimes that's to a fault. Like, I'm an engineer, and I think that that mindset comes through a lot, especially in the business world. Kind of going on a tangent right now, but in the business world, you have to make decisions really quickly, and you don't always have all the information. And as an engineer, you want all the data that you can get to make the best decision. But back to our dating in sixth grade and dumping, I just, I knew I needed to dump you because I heard you kissed another girl on the trampoline. <laughs> That's not going to fly. So. Oh, so we're, we're bringing that up? No. Okay. So, yes, you, I guess I kissed a girl on the trampoline. Um, Aaron. <laughs> then says we're no longer dating i think Goodbye. at the time uh we're so young you don't even really know what that means so we continue to hang out and yeah. all of our friends yeah. just continued to hang out and uh it was like literally nothing had changed um and let's flash forward a little bit so going into uh high school um again being my awkward diminutive self like a lot of the people around me started i would i would consider myself like a late bloomer and I was still like five foot nothing and felt. I think I was taller than you. Yeah, probably still taller than me going to high school. Felt insecure. Um, but I really had an. Uh, I, would, I couldn't be like in love with you no. because like there has to be something mutual there. Um, but it was more so like I really valued who you were, even from a very young age. Like you always worked really hard. You were kind. Um, you cared. You were great listener um and i attribute like a lot of my skills of talking to people over life of not just you but even our friend our friend group back then with brielle and a couple other people where we were talking about things uh in a way that kind of reminds me of how our group in austin kind of interacts where we're talking about things above and beyond like i feel like the the normal high school okay. drama type yeah. of stuff so um, but Aaron ended up dating somebody else, um, when we got into high school and that kind of forced me to reevaluate my life and, and, um, get out there on my own. And our friend group kind of changed through high school. I was huge in athletics and Aaron was big on dance and she was much more academic than I was, even though I We're still got on great the same grades. Class. Um, yeah, we were in the same classes and everything, but, um, yeah, this is, I guess the whole premise of this episode is like where we were, where we're at, right? And when I think of like where I was, then it was really just not really understanding who I was and, and what I wanted and more of a, I would say, follower in those years than I am now. Um, 
played well, sports and, and, and got the grades, but not necessarily because it was my favorite sport or because I was really learning anything. It was just because I felt like that's what I had to do. So I don't know, like run us through kind of like how you were feeling in those years, because I know you went through some struggles towards the end yeah. of high school, but I feel like, and I feel like a I'm lot of people very, can relate to that. Yeah, like I'm very A-type personality, um, really ambitious, and I was that way through grade school and, and high school and college. Like it was one of my goals to get into UPenn, an Ivy League school, and so I really did everything I could to get accepted there. And I remember the state of mind of that time of my life was just always like achieve, 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 like do more, do more, study more, dance, like just do more of everything and try to be the best you can be. And not that that's changed now. It's just that through life and through tragedy and a lot of growth and maturing, I've realized that there's a cost to that. And the cost to that that I realized is sometimes you sacrifice actually living and just going with the flow of life and sometimes missing small opportunities or moments because you're so focused on an end goal. And so now I think I'm more of the type where I have these visions for what I want my life to be and things that I want to do, but I'm not as rigid in implementing those goals. Um, and I'm focused a lot more on how to be more present in the moment and day so, to day. This is where we differ. How many schools did you apply to? I think like six. Sure, it wasn't like 10? I forget. <laughs> I definitely applied. I mean, I applied early decision. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore to UPenn. That was my number one choice. And then I applied to a couple other engineering schools in the tri state area. And like, how badly did you want to go there? Versus yeah, so the badly ones? that I remember thinking, if I don't get in here, I don't even want to go to school. Like, I don't even like. I remember going on tours, and I had a couple interviews at some of the other schools I applied to. I just did not have a good feeling about them. I was like, I don't even want to go here. But you look back on it, and you realize that how much of a blip colleges in your life and how yes it's a big deal and yeah it's your education but does it really matter at the end of the day no it matters I mean obviously you want to feel good and like you fit in somewhere and you like the environment but it's not life or death like how I was feeling at the time like oh my god my life is over if I don't get in here and I don't know where I'll be and now I have a mindset where it's like even right now <laughs> sitting here, I mean, we live in Austin, Texas now, but I'm like, I want to live out of the country. I want to live in other parts of the U.S. Like, I just didn't have that mindset back then. I, and not that there's anything wrong with not having that mindset and being more focused on staying close to home, and there's, that's certainly fine. Do you feel like it was out of a sense of something that you could control? So, like, if you got into UPenn, you, like, kind of know what UPenn is like. Your dad went to UPenn. Like, it's a controlled environment where it's, like, you, you would close your mind off to other opportunities out of you wanting to control. I don't even know why. I, I don't even know why. I think I just really liked the fact that it was close to home in Philly. I aspired to go to a really highly accredited university, good school, um, good engineering school. I didn't want to travel. I mean, there's plenty of other good engineering schools, but I... So I... 
I'd asked you that just because I think a lot of people fall in line with like wanting to be close to home and wanting these certain things. But in my mind, it just should be like, what is going to, what is going to bring the most growth? Like we're after, like what is going to bring us the most growth? Like we love Austin, yeah. but we're already <laughs> talking about like, where do we move next? Because I want to force myself to grow into another version of myself. And I know that it's not possible if I just stay in the same spot for my entire life. And I think when we were younger, like, yeah, you're, you're just shown this picture and you don't even think big enough. And but that's okay because because of that, now I choose mm -hmm. growth. And but so like we have our son who's in the swing right now. Like one of the things I want to steal on him from a very young age is to think big right from the get-go. Like there's no limitations here. Um, so it doesn't matter what school or what city or whatever. Like you, the growth is where your own mind is leading you to and that's where like the difference I think for you and I is like when I went to college like I was suffering from the like lack of control because I felt like I didn't like how you were like I want to go to Penn and you were so gung-ho on that I'll give and, you an example and I was like let me finish this I was I felt insecure because I didn't have that I was like I don't even care I don't even know where I want to go or what I want to do or why I want to go there and I think when I think back, so I'm about to be, I'm going on two years sober in two months. And I think a lot of, I think I partied one because I was a socialite, like I, I would have partied, but I, I don't think I would have partied as hard if I had a more clarity on my life. Like you, even though when you look back, it was like, did you necessarily need to be that stressed of what you were doing? No, but you That's had some clarity in your life that I was really lacking. And I think I, I put my energy into things that I shouldn't have been putting my energy towards because of that lack of clarity. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like when you're not clear on what you should be doing, you allow these like outside influences to really dictate where you're spending your time and your energy versus if I had just a teacher, a mentor, somebody really sit me down and ask me, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I was an adventure, like I loved adventure, I loved traveling, I loved doing these things. That aligned much more with like not going to Rutgers, commuting and like doing these certain things that kind of were like fear-based versus abundance-based. Like when well, we moved to Austin I and I was like, you, I didn't even know UT, like places like yeah. UT existed. But I think that a lot has changed now because of social media and how much exposure we have to other things. Like you have to think back to 2009 where we didn't know what we didn't know. And what we did know was what was close to us and what everybody else was doing. Yeah, but what, we live in the, the social media was. world. How many people around us still operate in that fear-based And mentality? that's maybe because the people they're surrounded by aren't people that are showing that they're doing things outside of the comfortable path. Um, but I was going to give you an example of like this comfort or controlling mentality that I had back then, which was... To your point, like I put a lot of stress on myself. I chose engineering. And instead of pursuing like my interests outside of engineering, I focused so much on just the classes that I had to take. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I was at this university with one of the best business schools in the world. I didn't take a single business class there. And what I would get, what I would give right yeah, now same. to go back in that time and just take some business classes to spark that in me and maybe I don't know I mean I w still wanted to get my MBA later on down the line but 
who knows what that would have led to at the time where I was just like, oh, I got to do all these engineering classes yeah, and get I think, the best grade here so, that I can. Yeah, that hits home so much. Like, gives me chills thinking, like, if I could go back, how different it would be. Um, or even, like, creative classes. Yeah, like, so, I just like, did... I would have taken a photography class. Just, like, certain things, like digital advertising, um, certain things that I would have done but I also don't, I think the school, like it's the system, like this is where I, I do want to integrate myself into the system moving forward because they pressure you. Yeah. You and they have force to take you to take path. certain they, credits and everything. But it's yeah. like, it's so, it's a such bullshit. Like any other business, I'm paying for the product that I want. But when we go to college, like I'm paying for a product that you're forcing on me. That makes, it's like no sense. Like if you well, really yeah, I just think, think there's some there's some room to improve the flexibility of the curriculum so that the output for each student is aligned with their there's, interests. Like I heart like there should have been, there wasn't an outlet for like in the real world. Engineers work directly with front end. Like if yeah. you're if you're building an app, those like and you're in a startup, like the the business guy, the sales guy is talking directly to the dev in the very beginning. So. Yeah. Why is I also that wish there was so much like more hands-on classes. Like, I didn't take a hands-on engineering class until I think my third year, and I mean, for and then they just in the first couple of years, it's a lot of like weed-out classes of strict I think, so it, calculus, it might, it might, biology, chemistry. Yeah, it might sound like we're going off on a tangent here, but I think this is important because it shows like we're very passionate in how we show up today in real life and on social media because of kind of these lacks that we had. And the lessons, like the reflections from this experience. Yeah, from like doing the same thing. It's insanity to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So something that we do with ourselves is reflect on our past so we don't make the same mistakes again. And um, that's where I don't want to flash forward too much. Like Aaron and I both had um, long-term relationships prior to being with each other and I want to get to the point of like reconnecting because June 5th just passed and that's a heavy date in our hearts um, where unfortunately Aaron's father died in a spin class and it also happens to be on my mother's birthday. So if there's any universal signs out there of like connecting us, what ended up happening was I was working and this is going back to reflecting on your life and like what do you not want from your life? I was working at UBS Wealth Management and my mom calls me and tells me that um, Aaron's father had passed away. And I was at my corporate training for my job. And when they had the funeral for your father, I quote unquote, in my mind, couldn't go because I didn't want to risk like losing this job or like get, losing the reputation of showing up and, and things like that. And that was going through my mind. And it actually, it killed my soul because I was not the type of person that liked to be controlled. Like I don't like being controlled. And I felt controlled in that moment of like, I'd worked so hard to get this job and like, I don't really, but this person means so much to me and I want to be there for her that, but what it forced me to do is write this letter to you in an email. And that started our correspondence. Um, which eventually led to me visiting you a couple years later. And reflecting on that helps me in my relationships. I, I do coach and consult for a variety of people. And one of the things they always ask me is, how do you have this like intrinsic belief and ability to just show up optimistic? And 
a lot of the times when they ask me that question, I reflect back on my relationship with you and how for so many years, I'd never put this pressure on us to, to be something. It was just enjoying the present moment of your time and our conversation and just believing that if this is meant to be, like it'll work out. If I show up as a good human being, if I work hard, if I continue to grow in the areas that I need to grow in, like this might turn into something. And I believe it's the same thing for a business or anything else that you're creating in life. And for me, I think the the defining moment of growth was in that letter because I think I'd reached a transition point of like, I didn't have to write that. Like, I didn't have to do that. So when I think back, I'm like, why did I do that? It was, I started thinking in my life, who, who do I want to be if I was in other people's shoes? And I don't think, I, I did it a little bit. And I think I just naturally, my parents raised me well, but I wasn't doing it to the point of who do I want to become? What type of man do I want to become? And I think that was the first inkling of, this is the type of man that I want to be. And it's somebody that acknowledges like, hey, I couldn't do X, Y, Z, but I'm going to do this instead that I think is going to um, lean more into Honestly, who I Honestly, it was even like, who knows how you would have been if you showed up that day. I might have not had any time to even talk to you. Like, but the fact that you wrote something after the fact, a couple things after the fact to really connect and see how I'm doing that was more memorable to me anyway. Like, I mean, I mean that's obviously, an perspective. obviously that wasn't your intention, but I think about like, what are the chances of us reconnecting if you did show up that day and didn't write the letter because you had come? Like, mm. sometimes you have to think about all these little decisions that add up to different outcomes down the line. And I think that could have been. That's a very valid point. So timing is, Timing and also like the benefit of your actions. Like obviously, yes, showing up to your good friends for your good friend is important. But I think what you did was very thoughtful and there are other actions you can take in life and just other examples where you think take the most thoughtful path or the most memorable or the one that is going to be most appreciated by the person on the receiving end. Yeah, that's that's very wise advice. Yeah. Again, it goes back to I think thinking of that other person and what type of way do they want to receive? And that's something that I've learned from our relationship is the most is you receive things differently than I receive things mm -hmm. in life. So whether we're just sitting here talking, like if I raise my tone, you're going to receive it in a different way even if I say I love you and I scream it at you like you receive that in a different way than I would receive it and just knowing who that other person is on the other end is vital. And that's a, such a valuable lesson that I've learned from you over the years. Um, but let's flash forward a little bit here. So we ended up, I wrote that letter, we ended up reconnecting and um, dating and, and I ended up moving to Texas. Um, but I'd love to kind of dive into your version of the story of like how Thrive on Life started because that was a pivotal inflection point of my life and kind of like where I've been going since 2015. And I think it's 
valuable advice to anybody out there because like I had zero clarity. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I'm yeah. still trying to figure it out. I think we still don't have clarity. <laughs> yeah, still so, trying to figure it out. But it gives people hope because there's a lot of people out there that want to start things that think you have to have it figured out on day one. It's like, no, just put something pen to paper and just like, yeah, I think back it. and it's like, I'll talk a little bit about where it started, but I think just starting in general and having something that we started has brought so many people into our lives and different opportunities and experiences that if we had just left it a conversation between us and didn't ever share it, like, who knows? But I think it's just been so worth putting it out there, putting the story out there and connecting with people uh, just for that in itself. Um, but we had initially, like, we talked about, like, a nonprofit. We I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that, that was, was like, the original idea. That was the original uh, idea. And it started from the hat company. Yeah, what Love Your Melon. Love Your Melon. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of a tangent. I'll start with, like, the premise behind Thrive on Life. And like CJ just said, my father passed away nine years ago uh, this week. And... That really sparked, if you can hear Aiden in the background, he just loves to let us know he's still here, sleeping and waking in and out. Might have to get him in a second, yeah. but we'll see. He, I guess the loss of someone so close to me really sparked a lot of reflection and reconsidering of my path. And obviously it connected us and we realized that we were both kind of having these reflections of, okay, we went for so long down this path of, not really questioning our path, but just taking action because it was comfortable in what we thought we should do and achieving and getting the carrot at the end, right? That's what we were after. And then you realize once you go through college or if you're getting a master's degree, like eventually in life, there stops being a carrot at the end. Like you, there's no degree that you're working towards. There's just life and open canvas and the decisions that you can make and to make the life that you want to live. And so we were both individually questioning what we wanted our lives to look like, and we realized that a lot of what we wanted looked similar. And so obviously that was a big part in our reconnection and eventual dating and marriage. But we had this idea that there's a lot of people that feel not lost, but like there's more to life and that you only live once and why is it that when there's a tragedy you have this ability to reflect on your life but most people aren't reflecting in the day-to-day -day. and most people don't have this looming reminder over their heads that's like there's a ticking time bomb but which is before you go any further you got into Penn your dream school and the the career uh, in the path that you had wanted and before the tragedy of your father you also had a different struggle with an eating disorder where it almost got so bad to the point where you had to get pulled away from your dream and out of school. And I want to take, I want to note that because you had these compounded traumas and tragedies which forced you to reflect. These almost like when you're looking at life, the, the valleys before a peak. And because you knew what it was like to be in a valley, you then began begun to understood what life is actually about and I feel like that happened at a young age for you and at a young age for me because I literally was having similar health issues which I didn't realize were 
how bad they were until I started connecting with you and you started reminding me like, dude, something's really wrong here. You need to, you need to yeah. go get this checked out. Both of us had really bad health issues um, that seemed like unresolvable for so long in our lives. But, you know, fortunately we're here now and have done a lot of years of work to be healthy again. But what I was saying was, I mean, most people, not most people aren't sick, but a lot of people day to day go about their lives not questioning, like, is this the life I want to live? Am I happy with my days? Because they don't have a reminder like a sickness or the death of a loved one to remind them that time is all we have and that it can be taken from you at any moment. And if it were taken from you at any moment, would you be satisfied with how you've lived? Would you be satisfied with how you're, you're leaving behind the path that you've created for yourself. And so Thrive on Life was our attempt at inspiring not just ourselves to go out and do more than just live, but like we had the, the tagline, make every heartbeat count. And it's like inspiring other people to thrive in their own way. Like not just thriving on your job or on these, whatever it is that you've been doing, but having multiple passions and exploring what all the things that make you come alive and that is what thriving is we think so we started the thrive on life brand i'll call it um, to do that and to showcase like different people that are thriving and we created gear and sent it out to people that we felt like were thriving in different ways and eventually it turned into your podcast and a brand at one point it was a media company it's been a lot of iterations and we're still trying to figure out like where we want to take it ultimately, but that's the mission that we want to share with it is, you know, time is all you have. So while you're here, make every heartbeat count and be thinking about what that means for you. I love how you put that. Yeah, it's been, it's been a heck of a journey and trying to figure out what it is exactly, I think has been one of the struggles and something that I feel I can help other people out there if you're looking to start something is not putting the pressure on yourself to have it figured out from day one. I think something that Aaron and I have done really well is just like understanding when to roll with an idea or pivot an idea or just go with the flow um, and not putting that expectation on there. So the other tough part for me personally with Thrive on Life is like when you go from a, from like kind of like a personal brand to then a business, it's just like you need to provide a product or a service that's providing value to your customers. And I've always looked at Thrive on Life as a creative outlet, and I didn't want to be inhibited uh, of the creativity that I could put out there because I had to show up in a certain way for people. So we now have a beautiful son with us. He is awake. Uh, we'll see how this goes with him in your arms. You can probably hear him squealing, but let's jump into this well, is a great moment to like, he's smiling right now. Where we're at now. So Thrive on Life started in uh, 2015, 2016 timeframe. A lot of different things. A lot of, we, we've moved from Houston to Austin. Aaron got her MBA. Uh, there's, we grew different communities. Uh, I worked on multiple different projects to help other business owners and brands grow their communities to hundreds of people. Uh, started the podcast, do a newsletter, um, have a blog. Erin has been crushing it in her job. Uh, so there's a little bit of a lot there, um, but I'd love to flash forward to where we're at today and more so where we're looking to go in the future with our little man here. 
where we're at today. I mean, I said it before, like, it might feel like we have more clarity than we had, but I don't think you ever get perfect clarity. And so I think right now we're at this point where we're reflecting on, yeah, it's been really fulfilling to grow communities and to be part of different things in Austin. Um, but now with the arrival of our son and we're thinking a lot about like what we want his future to look like, what experiences we want him to have, we've just been questioning like, what does our next attempt look like at, at life? Like, I like to think about life in chapters and uh, sometimes that's like a three to five year in increments. And so like when I'm, you know, I said before, like there's no carrot at the end anymore. Once you hit a certain point in life, if you're like done with your education and everything, like how do you kind of create your own intrinsic motivators for your life? And for me, it's like thinking about these chapters and what I want each chapter to be like built on. And so right now it's like, our son and thinking about his early years. And then the next chapter is like, okay, growing our family, he's a little bit older. We're a little bit more ahead in our career. Like, what are we, what does your day-to-day -day look like? What does mine look like? Is that different from what it is now? I think this brings up now? a good point. So like, what does a great day look like? So yeah, we've been where, asking that a lot. Where where we're at right now, like again, being realistic with, like, with it, like what does a great day for Aaron look like right now? Considering you have the full-time job and um, certain things that we're working on. Yeah, like what for me, like? answering that question, like a great day with my circumstances right now is mm -hmm. like I show up to a, a job that I I enjoy. I feel I like the people I work with. The team is supportive. I like what I do. It's fulfilling to me. But in addition to that, I have time to spend with you, with my son, on myself, like there has to be those windows of opportunity to do that. So if my job ever interferes where like I'm traveling too much or I'm working too many hours and those areas of time start to slip, like that's where it's not a great day anymore and that's where I have to reevaluate what I'm doing. Um, so a lot of that falls on not the job itself, like it's on you to set certain boundaries and I've struggled with that a lot in my life, but it's, knowing what your priorities are and making sure they're integrated in your life. So I think a great day isn't necessarily a result of any one endeavor or outcome. It's like how you define what's important to you and how you integrate that into your day. So like for us, spending time in the morning together, spending time in the evening together, um, doing fulfilling work, working out and, and prioritizing our health and fitness, talking to each other about like I don't know interesting things <laughs> listening to music being part of the community like not all this happens in one day but like sometimes it does and so I think yeah I, I love I love where you said that it's I think we've grown to the point of understanding when the day sort of feels off and we need to make changes and I think that was a struggle we both had it had in the past where we we weren't understanding of ourselves like we would show up for months or years doing things that weren't necessarily yeah. aligned with I think and I think that's a go. good point too it's like it's not just one day of like feeling off where you're like man I gotta rethink my life it's like when that becomes multiple days multiple weeks multiple months and you're still feeling like you're losing who you are like that's when you have the the step back moment of like okay what's got to give here and 
feel like it's okay to take a step back and think what's got to give and make that change. Because I think a lot of people get scared to make a change. And that's where you have to be truly honest with yourself. Like, you have to ask yourself, what's the cost of not making the change? Yeah. That's what most people don't ask. Like, go, reflecting back on like make every, making every heartbeat count where Thrive on Life stands for is like asking you to ask yourself, if I don't make this change, what is the cost of that over my long-term life? Because we only look at like the cost of the fear of the change versus like the fear of not changing. And like, mm -hmm. I know the fear of not changing into the human I am today would, would, would have been not earning your hand and like not having our son. So when I think back, like all the positive changes I made in my life, if I was so scared to make those changes or like going back to even asking you out, like I drove 12 hours to ask you on our first date and you didn't want me to, you didn't want me to drive there. So it was just like, and <laughs> here, take them real quick. Um, it's not that you didn't want me to, it was just like, it was happening fast. And in my mind, I was like, this is the, this is a pivotal moment and I need to drive and ask you out and, and, and show who I am. And, and that type of personality, I think bleeds into everything that I do and we do now today, where it's like, um, you're attacking life. And I think, as soon as you get to a point where you kind of know who you are and what you want, where you want to be, why you want to show up, who you want to be around, it's time to start pressing attack. And I think you beautifully said where we're kind of at today, where it's just like we're really just focused on making the days great and what those specifically look like. Um, and for me, it's really just about, am I happy with the people I'm working with? Just like you said, am I, do I feel like I'm growing in, in leadership roles and uh, getting better at communication, getting better at structure and organization and time management. If all those are checked off, then I'm going to attack in the areas of my life that are going to propel me, which is like you're wearing a high rocks shirt. So it's just like if my career is checked off where I'm, I'm working with people and things that I'm invested in and, and love, then I'm looking for areas to push myself in other uh, ways, which is like high rocks or running my first ultra this year and then for you it's like you just gave birth so you're looking to get back into running and all these different things so if you're listening to this what i'm trying to convey is that if you have one area of your life kind of dialed in that doesn't mean that you can't like challenge yourself in other areas and then keep flipping back and forth and finding ways to challenge yourself now two years go by three years go by both aaron and i are looking to take on more challenges uh in career and potentially in lifestyle where it's like we're looking at what are other cities that we would potentially move to and challenge us, whether it's outside of the country. Um, and then in terms of career path, like I really want to get to the point in my life where I could be an angel investor or start a mentorship program or incubator or something that propels me to the next stage of my life. And I think something that you and I do really well is we know that right now, but we're very happy and grateful for this moment right now we we live today like it's today i think and have this vision of tomorrow and i think a lot of people struggle to do both they either live in the clouds and the vision of tomorrow and that causes their today to suffer or they're only focused on today and the problems of today and they don't really necessarily have a vision for tomorrow and they just end up wherever they end up so to wrap this podcast i'd love to chat for a couple minutes about like what that long-term vision is for Aaron and for me so you go first and then I'll go 
And I want you to keep it personal. Stay like we know we want the family and and stuff like that. But like you're working on a TikTok right now. You're trying to grow certain programming for women. I want you to. It's hard for you to do, but I want you to uh, put your bragging cap on a little bit and just like talk about Aaron's interests and Aaron's personal path. I'll talk about mine, and then we can wrap with kind of like where we're going as a youth. Always like a really hard question for me. And I don't know, maybe people out there can relate. Like when when you're asked that question, like what's your vision for the next 10 or 20 years? Like I don't have it crystal clear. And I think a lot of people don't. And I know that the best way for me to answer that question is to ask myself what great days look like and what great weeks look like and how time is structured around those those days and weeks. But yeah, I think it's like, acting on like one of my biggest fears is not living up to my potential and then I ask myself okay like what does that even mean what is my what would I think it would mean if I did not live up to my potential like what areas of life would I have not pursued and like for me this wellness passion of mine like fitness is something that's like second nature to me that I'm super passionate about Okay, bud. I'm super passionate about and like going through pregnancy and now postpartum and realizing like how little information there is for women and like support there is and like just knowledge and having to figure that all out myself has helped me get a little bit more clarity on like maybe that's an area and an avenue that I should go down to on the side to like help support women that are going through it that are like me and have careers that they don't want to give up and find fulfilling and the the women that want to do it all but realize that you can't and have how to accept that like that's that's kind of where I'm at right now and I think that there's probably a lot of other women out there that need that type of support Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that I also feel like we talked about living in one spot is just something that maybe early on in our lives we felt like was not even a question in our mind, like we wanted to stay in a certain spot or whatever. And now having lived in a couple different places, I'm thinking, yeah, my vision is to live somewhere new again, eventually. And whether you know that's somewhere that my job takes me or we just decide, but having that experience is important. And then I think, similar to you, like always asking myself, am I being challenged as a leader? Like, which is weird because I shouldn't say weird, but like, I think in society, a lot of people, or it's common for people to think that they have to be leaders. And like, way back when, when I was going to engineering school, I didn't necessarily think I would be a quote unquote leader one day. But, like, now that I've reflected on, like, what a meaningful legacy is, like, I definitely want to keep leaning into leadership roles and growing in But here's where, like, I see you with our son. Like, everybody's a leader. Yeah, I'm talking in, like, the work sense. Okay. Like, and and I just wanted to put out there, like, it's okay if you're not, like, a manager or a director. Like, in a leadership role, like, there's room for everyone, and that's where people thrive. one One of the reasons that you like leadership takes responsibility yeah and something i'm asking myself right now about my career is like 
do I want to be a president? Like, do I want to? But the reason down? you wouldn't is because you want to be a better leader at home. So yeah. that's where it's like I'm framing. I'm it asking where... myself the trade-offs, and that's, and you know, certain jobs will have more of those trade-offs than others. So that's where you know, back before I had a kid, I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm, this is the path I'm going down in the corporate world, and now I'm like. Yes, that path is still appealing to me, but what will it mean for my life I'll, at home? I'll give a great example. So people that do take that high-level leadership in the corporate world, and it takes hours from you, right? Well, if you're not at home, like let's just say it takes hours from you, you lose your health, um, you lose kind of who you are, and then you're not at home, and you have three kids at home. Well, you're not a leader to the most important people. Like, yes, you're, you're, you're paying the, the, bank, the, the bills and putting money in the bank account so that they can eat. But the reality is like all they see is a shell of a human being that's unhealthy. And then you're basically leading them down the path to do But what if I could thing. also be the, the leader and example to them that does take on those roles and still prioritizes those things. And I don't, you I think be. there's a room for that in the world. And so there is. that's what I'm doing. That's, it doesn't have to be what you just described. And I think the way that you get to that is by realizing that you don't want that and consciously making so choices. So here's where the growth in you has happened. Is just like, I mean, this is the dichotomy of our relationship where it's, you are leaning in towards like demanding, like it doesn't have to look that way and I'm gonna change the way that it looks. Yeah. Versus a lot of people fear that, so they just fall in line. So going out on a Fall in line or don't accept that path or don't. Yeah, don't go down that path. path. Don't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I like how you put that. I think to keep it short and sweet for me, the vision of my life um, is just today has changed just now that we have one little one. It's like, okay, I'm 32 in 20 years when they're all of age to like be talking to us like adults, like what do I want my life to look like? What, what does that look like? And then just reverse engineering down 20 to 25 years and what do I need to be doing today to make I look at my life as like, I want to be available. That's for, the one word. Yeah, I want to be available to my wife, to my kids, to my friends and family. I want to be available. How do I become available? Well, what I have to look at is like the books, the courses, the people that talk about things that granted them availability, those types of people. Because if I want availability, I'm going to have to go down a certain path of life, which I think I'm trending towards which is like the podcasting the youtube uh the business consulting the coaching where i haven't missed a beat on my business stuff even though we're sitting here at, at the beach like that's one step in the right direction um i'm getting paid where i do red light every day so when i help people when i solve a problem for people with red light and i sell a red light i make some money off of that so i'm like moving towards this life where just living my life and having my availability is granting me the income that I'm going to need to fulfill my other other goals, which is like I come off as if none of that matters to me, but it does. Like having certain goals where it's like the the home or the environment uh, for education, those things cost money. So I do very much so behind the scenes. I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm Aaron knows this. Like I'm dialed into like our accounts and where we're going and what we're spending and all these different things. Um, because it does matter um, and just being aligned with what are we going to need 
not only today, but five years from now, 10 years from now, what gives us the best chance to uh, get there. And that's where Erin and I have had to work really hard over the years because our expectations of what she does at work versus the expectations that I do at work and not being eye to eye on like how valuable both of those areas are um, has not always been clear to both of us versus today um, we work more as a team where she like every day we're just like how can she help me on on what I'm doing and then when it comes to her work um, me listening and, and giving some advice on like how should she navigate growing in leadership roles and how can she take on leadership roles at your job without sacrificing leadership at home and, and different things that you want to do so the, the moral of the story there is I think of this whole conversation is taking the time and giving yourself the time to actually reflect back on your life and understand the decisions that you made then, the decisions you're making now, and the decisions you're going to have to make in the future to look back on your life and be proud, like you said, of, of your path. Because we live in the most abundant world ever. Like you have a cell, we have our cell phones right here. You can connect with so many of you out there, so much free information out there. The path for you to go down is there and is yours for the taking, but you have to understand that it's going to take certain decisions to get there. And I don't think enough people give credit to like mindset and decision-making and problem solving um, in their everyday life. They're not working on those. They're not working on those areas. So if there's one thing that you took from this episode, it's in those areas. It's just like Aaron and I have worked to improve our mindset every single day, improve our decision-making when it comes to all areas of our life, health, wealth, happiness, and then really um, digging deep and reflecting and being honest with ourselves on, on gaining that clarity of what our vision is for our life. Anything else you want to say? Thrive on. Thrive on life. We've got baby eight in here. I just want to applaud Erin real quick. Half this time she has been feeding Aiden and juggling, talking on the mic. It's been really cool to watch. Um, and I look forward to more conversations like this in the future. There's one thing that you can do for us. If you like this episode, please share it with somebody that you think it could be valuable to, um, and then give us that five-star rating and, and review. Last but not least, if you want to connect with Aaron and I, please shoot us a DM. Uh, we'd love to chat and converse with you about any of the topics we talked about here today. Maybe you're a new parent. Maybe you're looking to start your fitness journey. Maybe you're looking to start a business, or maybe you're already in those parts of your life and you're looking to expand them and thrive, as we would say. We'd love to connect, we'd love to chat, and we'd love to help you thrive on life. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.